For all you elk hunters out there, chasing turkeys is basically the same thing. I know the reaction you just gave me, but don't knock it till you try it and don't try it without OnX. The Hunt app will not only help you find new areas on public ground, but I use it to find out landowner info to get permission on private ground that I see birds on as well. OnX Hunt has a special offer for you. Use code CAL to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt and find more birds this spring. Hey, I just sat down with the owners and operators of Maui Nui Venison. They're on a mission to balance access deer populations on Maui while giving back to the community and run a totally sustainable operation. For folks like me who want to get your own meat but aren't always successful, you can become a snack subscriber, get some access deer sticks sent right to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I venison.com and use promo code cal for 20 percent off your first order i'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill meat from those organs are among the most nutrient rich foods on the planet you can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. From Meat Eater's World News Headquarters in Bozeman, Montana, this is Cal's Week in Review with Ryan Cal Callahan. Now, here's Cal. An Alabamans meth-fueled attack squirrel has been safely released into the wild. Uh, Of course, it doesn't look like the squirrel was given meth. If you've been following the story of a multi-felonied man in Alabama, you know all about D's Nuts, which is the name of the pet squirrel in question. Fun side note, I actually have a friend whose email account far into adulthood was D's Nuts at Hotmail.com. If he's still got that email, please write him and tell him to grow up. You've got mail. Anyway, the Associated Press interviewed the felon while he was on the loose somewhere in Limestone County, Alabama. Limestone County is just on the outskirts of Huntsville, Alabama, if a geographical marker is needed. Local officers were warned ahead of executing a search warrant to look out for the man's meth-dosed pet squirrel trained to attack on command. Authorities were unable to confirm that the squirrel was fed meth And, oddly enough, the previous owner denied the allegations of feeding the squirrel meth on a Facebook video taken while he was still on the lam. He was apprehended after eventually ending a high-speed chase by ramming another vehicle with a stolen motorcycle. If having multiple felony warrants, high-speed chases, and possible animal cruelty doesn't sound bad enough, it is illegal to keep a squirrel as a pet in Alabama. As a kid, we were always told smoking pot was the gateway drug to meth. Now I guess we know what meth is the gateway drug to. Illegal possession of a squirrel named D's Nuts. This week, we're going to talk about rainbow trout, arctic foxes, fugu, and some really cool stuff about wildlife and Independence Day. But first, I'm going to tell you about my week. I went down to that big awesome Snake River country just south of Yellowstone National Park and met up with some friends to celebrate the willful giving up of independence, freedom, and general carefree living to marriage, you know, a bachelor party, and not mine, a friend of mine, 
We had a great crew, great campsite. We cooked up crispy mountain lion carnitas paired with some fine Portuguese wines. Wines imported by the bachelor himself. So, you know, check out Osito Wine Distributing here in the state of Montana. If you do, maybe I won't have to buy a wedding gift. And remember, enjoy responsibly. On top of the food and wine, we fished hard for two days. At the boat launches at the South Fork, we noticed freezers tricked out as rainbow trout fish head receptacles. The story behind these nifty setups is this. Idaho Fish and Game would like anglers to kill rainbow trout in order to give the native cutthroat trout some room to breathe, or reproduce, rather. In order to incentivize anglers to kill rainbows, IDFG captures an estimated 6% of the rainbow trout population each winter, implants tags in their heads, and then re-releases them. Think of those tags as winning lottery tickets. Any angler who turns in the tagged head of a rainbow trout to Idaho Fish and Game wins between 20 and 1,000 bucks. In turn, those collected trout heads give up a lot of important information to the biologists at Idaho Fish and Game. So everybody wins, except the rainbows, of course. Idaho Fish and Game also culls rainbows by a fish weirs and shocking. Anglers are only a piece of the puzzle. The cutthroat trout is one of the very few native trout species in the U.S., and the Snake River variation, the fine-spotted cutthroat, is in a bit of trouble. Remember the movie Braveheart when King Edward I says, The problem with Scotland is it's full of Scots. If we can't get them out, we'll breed them out. That's an abbreviated version of that quote. That's basically what's happening down on the South Fork of the Snake. Instead of English lords trying to breed the Scots out of Scotland, hear ye, hear ye. you've got rainbow trout breeding the cutthroat trout out of the South Fork of the Snake. Rainbows are prolific, and they hybridize with cutthroat, producing lots of rainbows and lots of hybrids, or cutbows. When I say lots, the 2018 fish count came in at an astonishing 6,253 fish per mile. That's more than a fish per foot. Of those, about half were rainbows or cutbows. This is an abbreviated synopsis of the South Fork situation here on the Week in Review. Please check out an in-depth article written by Meat Eater's own Sam Lundgren called Shock and Awe, Suppressing Rainbow Trout on the South Fork of the Snake River. The issue I want to address here is a social one. Not so much about fish, but about fishermen. I spoke with a bunch of anglers on this trip, and a few were none too pleased with efforts by the state to reduce rainbow trout numbers. And some of these anglers appeared downright displeased with yours truly for vocalizing my desire to help out with those efforts to reduce rainbow trout numbers. They like catching rainbows. I get it. I like catching rainbows. Fish are fun to catch. And if you happen to be a fishing guide, more fish provide more opportunity for a successful day on the water and better tips. But think of this. Anglers can go damn near any place in the world to catch rainbow trout. According to the USGS, rainbows have made it to all 50 states, including Hawaii, as well as Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Further afield, rainbows are thriving in South America, Africa, Asia, Australasia, which is a nifty term for Australia, New Zealand, and those other big-ass islands. Oh, and Europe. In all, maybe 120 countries. The fine-spotted cutthroat, however, only exists in the South Fork of the Snake River. So, to all my angling friends out there, whether you're in the guide seat or just pitching flies and spoons on an evening float, we as a people have something special with this fish. Step up and protect your resource in the tastiest way possible. Smoke a rainbow. Or, hell, fry it. That's what I did. Pan-fried. 
but before I did the cooking, I lopped their heads off, put them in a plastic bag provided by the state of Idaho, along with my license info and contact information, and dropped all that in one of those aforementioned fancy freezers, rigged up as rainbow trout head receptacles. Believe me, you'll know if one of my fish heads brings in a cash prize. Which of you listening right now took a class in school about Family Finances 101? No one? Yeah, me neither. Just like the importance of a will or college savings plan or even life insurance or estate planning, we have to know these things. But how do we figure it all out? That's why I'm excited to partner with Fabric by Gerber Life. Listen, one of the few things expected of you in life is to not let other people pick up after you. That's why I have life insurance, to make sure my stuff is taken care of even when I'm gone. Fabric by Gerber Life is term life insurance you can get done right here, right now. You could be covered from your couch in under 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash cal. That's meetfabric.com slash cal. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash cal policies issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions now a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating you know some organ the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill i had that when i was a little kid and it was a big deal Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And, as often is the case, those guys were on to something. Because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in, ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, Seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. I guarantee you've listened to them because I use it you know, regularly. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. Moving on. A new land speed world record has been set. If you're the uh, competitive type, relax. This record is species specific to the Arctic fox. A young female arctic fox fitted with a radio collar. I should actually tell you a female fox is called a vixen. 
So you could say a young vixen fitted with a satellite transmitter traveled from Norway to Canada in 76 days. That's a distance of 2,175 miles. Likely in an attempt to find both food and a suitable mate, the fox averaged about 30 miles a day from Spitsbergen, Norway to Ellesmere Island, Canada. Spitsbergen is located on the Svalbard archipelago. For those of you not up to speed on your geography terms, an archipelago is a cluster of islands. The longest travel day for this Arctic fox was a big 96.3 mile push as it crossed the Greenland ice sheet. This is the fastest known dispersal of the species. Previous record was held by a male fox in Alaska. There are a lot of questions regarding this fox's journey across 2,175 miles of snow and ice. Like what did it eat? That's a lot of calories burned to travel that far in the cold. And of course, why make the effort? But what I think we should focus on is the fact that we, the United States of America, just prior to the celebration of the birth of our nation, just lost the Arctic Fox overland dispersal distance time record to a Norwegian. Triumph of the female of the species for sure, but come on. Moving on to the Florida desk. Fugu, or pufferfish, is a high-risk, high-reward type of culinary experience. The reward, it's a tasty fish, supposedly. The risk, death. In Japan, fugu sales hit about 10,000 tons annually, and butchers have to study for around two years in order to prepare the fish. Despite rigorous training and tight regulations, around 50 people die in Japan every year from improperly prepared fugu. Couple more fun fugu facts. Fugu is the only traditional Japanese dish that can never be served to the emperor. And fugu roughly translates to river piglet, which actually makes it sound a lot more tempting to me. The pufferfish produces a toxin called tetrodotoxin. Now we all know potassium cyanide, at least in a poisonous reference sort of way. Well, 0.55 grams, or half a gram of potassium cyanide, that's like a dollar bill torn in half. That's half a gram. Anyway... Half a gram of potassium cyanide will kill a 160-pound person, whereas only 2 milligrams of tetrodotoxin has been proven to be a fatal dose. So a tablet of this toxin, the size of your average ibuprofen pill, will kill 25 of your buddies, assuming they weigh around 160 pounds apiece. Tetrodotoxin blocks the activation of nerve cells, which causes all sorts of problems, but will eventually lead to paralysis and death. Seems like something folks wouldn't want to mess with. Well, a Florida man walked into a hospital feeling the effects of both too much fugu and too much cocaine. Fun fact, pufferfish is also known as blowfish, and cocaine can be referred to as, uh, you get it. Actually, there's another old joke in here. You know how some folks say I treat my body like a temple, others an amusement park? Well, if that's true, this guy treats his body like an old dingy casino. Sure, you might have a good time for a while, but you might get robbed on the way out. Anyway, our adventurous eater slash sniffer experienced chest pains, vomiting, numbness, abdominal pain, weakness. He was placed on dialysis to prevent total kidney failure, developed pneumonia, and his lungs attempted to shut down. Must be a tasty fish. When you consider the so-called dangerous delicacies, you really have to wonder if the flavor is actually in the risk, the hype, so to speak. Like when you look at that old hot dog in the back of the fridge. You know it has the potential to cause serious illness. You weigh the severe intestinal battle that could result from its consumption. A voice is telling you no, don't do it. 
Another voice is saying it's fine and so convenient. Is that mental back and forth, the budget version of fugu? Also on the subject of strange foods, and also in Florida, the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission has declared open season on iguanas. The FWC encourages homeowners to kill green iguanas on their own property whenever possible. Iguanas can also be killed year-round and without a permit on 22 public lands in South Florida. Green iguanas are native to Central America and parts of South America, as well as some Caribbean islands. Aside from being non-native, these iguanas are extremely destructive. They dig extensive tunnel systems that can undermine the integrity of roads, houses, and seawalls. They're difficult to contain because they can climb, swim, and really haul ass on the land. And of course, they have such a varied diet, they outcompete native critters. On top of that, they carry salmonella and routinely distribute that nasty bacteria as they shed their skin. The green iguana is just one of thousands of invasive plants and animals plaguing the state of Florida. The good news here is, the tasty silver lining, so to speak, is in my experience, the green iguana is delicious. From my small dabbling in the back legs, loins, and tail meat of these invasive reptiles, the flavor is as if a catfish and a chicken got together and had a 17-pound, 5-foot-long, tasty baby. Just the other day, someone was telling my buddy Steve about the pleasures of heading out in a canoe with his 22 rifle and coming back with a cooler half-filled with crushed ice and severed green iguana tails. Then, bringing those tails over to a Cuban buddy of his who's got his iguana tail cooking dialed in perfectly. So, get to it, Florida. Next time I come down to pester your fish, I want to see a Cuban-style iguana food truck or two. But don't get too fired up on eating reptiles just yet, especially raw geckos. The Brisbane Times reported on a 34-year-old man that ate a raw gecko at a Christmas party last December. Like iguanas, geckos can carry the salmonella bacteria, and this party prank backfired, to say the least. Green vomit, black urine, testicles swollen to the size of grapefruits, and eventually death. There's nothing funny about this situation. I've certainly done my fair share of stupid stuff. On the subject of dares going wrong, over in the EU, a kid had to have his appendix removed after he had complained of severe stomach pain. When the surgeon removed the severely swollen appendix, they found it full of lead shot. <laughs> Turns out the youngster, described as hyperactive, had been teased by his older siblings into playing a game of eating lead shot left over on the family dinner table after bird dinners. Another case in Australia of eating stuff as a stunt involved a garden slug. This dare taken and completed at age 19 didn't catch up with the prankster until age 27. Along with the slug, the young man ingested rat lungworm, which eventually turned into eosinophilic meningiocephalitis. As a note here, the CDC advises against eating raw or undercooked slugs, snails, frogs, shrimp, and prawns. Personally, I'm with you right up until the shrimp and prawns. Additionally, perhaps the CDC should add something in that warns against eating things on a dare. Or perhaps, for all you folks listening, when you go to put something in your mouth, you should stop and ask, could this be considered a prank? Since this is technically the Independence Day issue of Cal's Week in Review, consider the annual and now world-famous Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Considering the context and the historical reality of what we're celebrating, that just seems like kind of a waste. Think on the folks that volunteered to knock back another invasive species back in 1778. The invasive species in this case would be the British. 
Anyway, these volunteers often went hungry and had to scrounge for whatever they could. A fellow you may have heard of, General George Washington, understood how to harvest the fruits of the land, even used those fruits to fuel his army. According to the General's journals, he killed five wild turkeys one November day, <laughs> some deer a few days after, and again, after being, quote, encamped and gone a-hunting, killed five buffaloes, wounded some others, and killed three more deer. Another general, Montgomery, under Washington's command, marched north in the invasion of Canada. His army, quote, shot so many pigeons that huge piles of the birds were heaped several feet high before butchering. At Valley Forge, the 1st and 2nd Pennsylvania Brigades, consisting of just under 2,000 men, consumed 8,921 pounds, or 4.5 pounds per person, of American shad that May of 1778. Excavations of the Valley Forge site, interestingly enough, turned up more white-tailed deer bones in the Virginia Brigade's camp than the Pennsylvanians. Not sure if there is a what-state-creates-better-hunters rivalry, but that camp evidence could lay a good historical foundation for one. I find it interesting that while Washington was out feeding himself and his men by any means necessary, he chose to express his frustration with the moderates in the Continental Congress by describing them as, quote, still feeding themselves upon the dainty food of reconciliation. Anyway, if you need a new Independence Day tradition, fuel your celebration with some wild game, but not eaten as a prank. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a safe and awesome weekend out enjoying our American birthright, our fantastic and beautiful public lands. Remember to leave me a review by hitting that furthest right-hand star and subscribe. If you want to let me know how I'm doing or how I screwed up, please shoot me an email to A-S-K-C-A-L, that's askcal at themeateater.com. If you want to follow me the rest of the time, see if I'm totally full of it, you can follow me on the Instagram at olcal406, O-L-C-A-L 406. I'll talk to you next week. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. That's seafoamworks.com to learn more.